I'm Stuart Varney. I'm Harris Faulkner. I'm Chris Wallace, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Monday, April 26, 2021. I'm Trey Yingst. India recorded more than 350,000 cases of COVID-19 today, and projections only show the outbreak getting worse. The international community is trying to help India. They're vowing to send medical aid, oxygen tankers, medical crews from around the world. We've seen Germany, the EU, the US, um, there are talks here in Israel, Saudi Arabia have sent out aid as well. This is the Fox News Rundown, Evening Edition. Horrific scenes out of the Indian capital of New Delhi as hospitals are asking families to find their own oxygen and medical supplies. India is battling a huge surge in coronavirus that has overwhelmed the entire healthcare system. New video shows black smoke rising up from a makeshift crematorium that's struggling to keep up with the inflow of arriving bodies. While international aid is pouring in, it's still not enough. The situation in India is devastating. We have seen images and videos and testimonies coming in from India and Delhi in particular of people who are taking care of, the, of their loved ones outside of the hospitals. For more on this story and others you may have missed over the past week, this is Yonat Freeling, a senior Fox News field producer. We're flooded and are stretched out and they're in dire need of oxygen supplies, medicine, beds medical um, personnel such as doctors, nurses, and any other kind of aid. People are literally lining up in their cars, uh, getting the oxygen and medicines from the black market in high rising numbers. Um, For example, uh, an oxygen cylinder, which is usually sold for $80, is now averaging between $600 and $1,300. Um, it's just horrible to watch and it seems that it's just not going to get even worse. Um, the international community is trying to help India. They're vowing to send um, medical aid, oxygen tankers, field hospitals into the country, medical um, crews from around the world. We've seen Germany, the EU, the US. Um, there are talks here in Israel. Saudi Arabia have sent out aid as well. But uh, the struggle is so, so devastating and so tough. So uh, we'll have to see it in what happens in a few days. India has called upon the international community to suspend um, the medical patents on the vaccine. So they and other countries as well will be able to produce more and more vaccine um, and other um, medicines. Um, that are needed for the treatment of COVID-19. So far, they haven't turned anything back. The numbers are really staggering. 350,000 people a day testing positive for coronavirus. And we know the death toll each day is approaching 3,000 people. These images are just tragic with crematoriums created in public parks to keep up with the number of bodies that are coming in. It's a story that, as you've noted, has really grasped the attention of the international community. And we are seeing steps from the Biden administration, for example, to release more raw materials that will give the Indian government the flexibility to rapidly create more vaccines and hopefully get this outbreak under control. I want to shift now to our next story, and that is Alexei Navalny, the jailed Russian opposition leader, ending his hunger strike, along with some updates about his team operating on the ground in Russia. What do we know? 
Um, the good news is that he has ended his hunger strike after 24 days and um, following a group of doctors that he trusts that called him to stop the hunger strike unless he's going to die immediately. He was moved into a medical facility inside the prison that he's uh, been held, but we have not heard anything about his medical situation um, since Friday. The only thing we know that he's... Um, condition is satisfactory and he's been getting vitamin therapy. Um, on Wednesday, we've seen thousands of, uh, hundreds of thousands of his supporters and um, anti-Putin demonstrated all over Russia. 2,000 of them have been detained. Um, we still don't know what will be happening to them. And this morning, in a closed-door session in Moscow, um, the Navalny's support group, which is called the Anti-Corruption Foundation, the FBK, was designated under Russian law as a terrorist uh, organization, joining 31 other organizations such as ISIS and Al-Qaeda. Um, the court did not give any proofs of uh, terrorism acts or um, any sort of other uh, published anything of his finding. Um, and um, he said he called upon Navalny's supporter to suspend all their activities. If not, there will be jailed. And activities are not only demonstrations and opening their offices in Moscow and around the country, and even uh, distributing T-shirts or posters or um, any kind of social media post. Anything of this kind of activity are probably going to get them jailed. Um, two of his advisors, his closest advisors, um, the spokesperson and his political advisor have been detained yet again. We don't know what the situation is with them. And German Chancellor Angela Merkel criticized the move of this morning and other the past week by Russia, um, saying that using an instrument to fighting terrorism against political opinions is not the way to comply with the principle of law and called for them to reverse it. You've been listening to You're Not Freeling, a senior Fox News field producer. We'll be right back. It's interesting what it says about the Russian government and the pressure they are facing internally with these demonstrations and continued push to free Alexei Navalny. If we know anything about the opposition in Russia, it's that they will continue to operate even if they are doing so in a way that is considered by the Russian government to be illegal. Our last story today that you might have missed this week has to do with the Middle East and tension erupting in the city of Jerusalem that has now expanded to the Gaza Strip. We saw at the end of last week, 36 rockets fired from Gaza into southern Israel, an additional four rockets the next night, and then last night, more rockets. What does all of this mean? And and talk to me about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict in the framework of right now. I mean, why is this happening now? And why have we seen clashes erupt in Jerusalem? Um, first of all, we have a very short time frame. So unfortunately, we won't be able to touch on all the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Um, this month is the holy month of Ramadan, which is the most significant month to the um, Muslim 
uh, worshippers. Um, they fast all day and they break their fasting and iftar dinner uh, when the sun down. And along with the dinner, they go into their mosques and pray. One of the most important mosques in the world is Al-Aqsa, or Haram al-Sharif, uh, what the Jewish people call Temple Mount. This is in the center of East Jerusalem, the old city of Jerusalem. Um, and the way to it is via Damascus Gate in East Jerusalem. Um, you and I both have been uh, to Damascus Gates numerous times. And the last time that we've been there on Saturday when the clashes broke, we've seen that the Israeli police have set barricades inside the steps of um, the Damascus Gate, leading into the gate and in, leading into the mosque. Um, at first, the Israelis said that this is because of COVID restrictions. However, in the past two weeks, most of the uh, COVID restrictions have been lifted in Israel and not, and, and therefore it is a little bit weird to uh, justify the restrictions put only here in specific area of the Damascus Gate. Um, this caused clashes in Jerusalem, and then uh, Hamas, which is a prominent organization, militant, some call it terrorist organization in Gaza, vowed as uh, to support his brothers and sister, and mostly his brothers in Jerusalem, in Al-Quds. Um, and by that, he allowed to fire the rockets from Gaza Strip into Israel, signaling, one, the support for the people of Jerusalem, the Palestinian of Jerusalem. Second of all, um, there is upcoming election in the Palestinian Authority, it was there was scheduled to be in May, this coming May, next month. But there are reports uh, saying that Israel will not allow the people, the Palestinians who live in East Jerusalem, to vote, and this is a core um, conflict and misunderstanding and misagreement, disagreement between the Palestinian Authority and Israel. Making it more complicated, we also have the political situation here in Israel where Netanyahu, Prime Minister Netanyahu, is seeking to form a, a, a coalition once again after the fourth election that were held back a couple of weeks ago. And he needs the support of right-wing parties. And the right-wing parties are against any kind of ease of uh, restrictions or any kind of layway and freedom to the Palestinians who live in East Jerusalem. So everything is complex, everything is connected. Um, and I truly hope that the step that we've seen uh, in the past 24 hours, one of them was uh, removing the barricades and the barriers from the Damascus Gate. The second one was the involvement of the UN envoy here in the Middle East uh, with Israelis, with Palestinians. And we know um, that he's traveling tomorrow, Tuesday, to Egypt and Jordan, hoping to de-escalate this. Um, that the situation will be contained and the Palestinians will go on with their holy month of Ramadan and everything will subside. This is a really interesting time, an intersection of Israeli and Palestinian politics, as well as the holy month of Ramadan and ongoing tension inside the Gaza Strip. The region really is bracing to see what will happen in the coming hours and days. Finally, our good news story of the week has to do with the Academy Awards last night. Some history made in the Best Director category. A congratulations to Chloe Zhao, the first woman of color and Asian woman to win the Best Directing Award. Um, and the second woman following Catherine Bigelow for Best Director in 
2010 for her movie, The Hurt Locker. Um, Chloe Zhao opened her speech um, with a story that touched my heart and I'm, I wanted to share it with you. Um, she said that when she was a child back in China, her dad and her used to play a game of reciting songs and poems by famous Chinese poets. One of them was the three character classics and the first phrase of it was people at birth are inherently good and this sentence she said has been uh, guiding her throughout life and throughout difficult situation and mainly throughout this year that she believes no matter what that people are inherently good and I think that on all the topics that we have touched on today's episode we truly need to believe that this is true you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say it's a great sentence to remember amid the stories we're covering this week and the conflict that's erupting right now in the Middle East. You're not freeling a senior Fox News field producer joining us once again on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition podcast. You're not. Thank you. Thanks, Trey. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.